Thank you for joining in for this City Lights Church podcast. We're a new church in the north of Brisbane, and you can find out more about us at www.citylights.community. We hope that this podcast encourages you in your journey of following Jesus. If you've got a Bible, I want you to open to Matthew chapter 14. Matthew chapter 14, I'm reading in the NIV. It'll be up on the screen as well. We're starting a new series called Bold Faith. And Matthew 14 and verse 22, you can listen or read along. It says this, it says, Immediately Jesus made the disciples get into the boat And go on ahead of him to the other side while he dismissed the crowd. And after he had dismissed them, he went up on a mountainside by himself to pray. Later that night, he was there alone and the boat was a considerable distance from the land, buffeted by the waves because the wind was against it. And shortly before dawn, Jesus went out to them walking on the lake. When the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said, and cried out in fear. But Jesus immediately said to them, Take courage, it is I, do not be afraid. And listen to this, Lord, if it's you, Peter replied, Tell me to come out to you on the water. Come, he said. Then Peter got down out of the boat, walked on the water, and came towards Jesus. But when he saw the wind, here's what happened. He was afraid and beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately, Jesus stretched out his hand and caught him. You of little faith, he said, why did you doubt? And when they climbed into the boat, the wind died down. Then those who were in the boat worshipped him, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. And the title of my message this morning is called Sitting, Stepping, and Sinking. Sitting, Stepping, and Sinking. And here in this story, we see Peter doing three things. And two of them make sense in different ways, and one of them is a bit awkward. And one of them is where you like, is like, I'd like a do-over. Do you, have you ever had anything or done anything in life you're like, I'd like a do-over, like I'd like a second chance. I'd like another go at that. Like if I had my time again, I would do that. That was a bit of a train wreck. That was a bit uh, awkward, but you couldn't look away. You know what I mean? And so... In this occasion, Peter is doing three things. Now, the first thing makes sense. He is sitting in a boat just like I'm doing 
For those that are listening on a podcast, we have an actual boat here. We do not have water. We did not have the budget for that. But maybe next year. But we have an actual boat here. And Peter was sitting in the boat and he was traveling how normal people travel on a lake, which is what happened. You travel by sitting in the boat. Maybe there's a sail. Maybe it's oars. Maybe you've got a, a motor later on. Right? This is the normal way that people go through life. And if you're going to be on a lake, you're going to be on some kind of boat. That makes sense, right? Sitting makes sense. Stepping, it makes sense also, but in a different way. Like if you know and understand who Jesus is, you will know and understand that as the Son of God, as the creator of the whole earth and the universe, which is actually still expanding as we speak, right? Right now, the universe is getting bigger. Creation is not done. If you understand God as creator, right, you would understand that for him to walk on the water is no big deal. So if you read the Bible, if you understand that God is real, you would know and you would understand that that's no big deal. For Jesus to step on the water, Jesus even to stride on the water, that makes sense. And even as we read the Bible and we see so many people doing so many amazing things under the power of the Holy Spirit, and the hand of God, you would also say that makes sense, right? So for Jesus to do it makes sense. And for um, Peter to do it, it also makes sense in a different way. But when it comes to the sinking, that's awkward. That's awkward. He, he was in a position where he needed help. Who likes being in a position where you have to rely on other people? I do not like that. I remember... I'll stand up for a second so you can see me. I remember during the COVID lockdown, uh, probably like many people, you're in at home working. I was working long hours. We were uh, in our old house. We had a bedroom, which was uh, part office, part Nerf guns, part Lego, right? And Beck and I were, were both in this room. And uh, just being sitting down for so long, one of my discs became inflamed. All right, so then I'm, I'm in a position where I try to get up out of my chair, but I can't move. And so I'm calling out to my beautiful wife, hey, hey, come, come and help me. She comes in and looks at me, what's going on? I'm like, I can't, I need help. I can't, I can't move. And so for a couple of days there, I couldn't get out of bed by myself You'd have to kind of, she'd have to kind of like roll me over. Once I got my feet up, then I was fine. And it's a bit in a position where you are relying on other people's help. And it's not the best position. There's something within our human nature that we don't like to rely on others' help. So Peter, as he has stepped out of the boat, he's began to sink and he needs help. And in this time, we also see that Jesus rebukes him and Jesus says, where's your faith? Don't you think Jesus should have been a little bit more encouraging? Who likes your intentions to be recognized? I do. Like, Peter, you know, you, had a, you, you did well. What about all the other disciples? They did nothing. You did awesome. J Jesus didn't say that. We'll talk a little bit about that. Why? But then also, Peter's got this walk of shame back to the boat 
in front of the other disciples. And no doubt from a little bit we know from Peter, that must have impacted him in terms of his public image. He was a headstrong, probably a little proud and come back. Some people actually think that in this story, the purpose of this story was to kind of like, Peter was the tall poppy and they wanted to kind of, Jesus wanted to knock him back to size. I don't think that's the case at all. But that's what some people think. And so what was going on? Here's what I want to say, and I want to make this so clear, is that you were created to walk on water. You were created to walk on water. And I want you to turn to the person next to you and say, I was created to walk on water. And what are we talking about? Are we saying that after this we're going to hire a minivan and we're all going to walk out maybe to Redcliffe and we're going to take turns at walking on the water? That's not what I'm talking about. It's not totally impossible. But what I'm saying is that you were created to live a supernatural life. You were created to navigate your life in a different way. You were created to move through life with a different perspective, with a different set of resources, and that you were created that, to see that life is not everything that it appears. Sometimes we can have this limited view that there's a singular path and I've just got to grind life out, I've just got to step it out. But God wants you to know that you were created to walk on water. You were created for a supernatural life and a supernatural experience. Now, for some of us, we're like, I'm there, I've been there for years. For others, are like, I don't know. I think I'm just like created for this life. Like I'm created for real life. You know, the Bible says that the life that we even can't see, the supernatural world, even though this is a, a, a mind bed, is more real than what we can see. And I guess only in in eternity will that become a reality. So you were created to walk on water, which is awesome. Because what this means is that you are not limited by your past. You are not limited by your family history. You're not limited by your current circumstances. You have unlimited power through Jesus Christ. That's the first thing. The other thing is that you were created to get out of the boat. You are called to get out of the boat. Every person here is called to accept the invitation of Jesus, to respond to Jesus and take a step of faith and another step of faith and another step of faith under the authority of Jesus. And here's what I want to say is that bold faith is a bold response to the Word of God. This is how we define faith. We don't just make stuff up, right? You know, some people, it may come across and some people teach or, or preach that if you can think of it, you can have it. If you think of it and you have it and you say it, it'll be done. I don't believe that at all. When we understand what God is saying and when we partner with that 
And when we understand what the message of Jesus is through his word and through the Holy Spirit speaking to us and then we step out, that's where the power is. And so I want to encourage each and every one of us that God has called you to bold faith. God has called you not to make a half-hearted or wishy-washy response, but God has called you to make a bold response. He's calling you out of the boat onto the water. You were created to walk on water and he's calling you to actually live that supernatural life. And here we see a definition of faith. Hebrews 11.1 1 says, Now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. It's confidence in what we hope for and assurance in what we do not see. Here's what we understand is that Jesus, Peter said, If that's you, Jesus, call me out. And Jesus said, it is, and Peter stepped. He had a bold response, even though the circumstances didn't make sense. So bold faith is your bold response to the Word of God in your life. But let's, for a moment, let's talk and let's focus on the sinking. Has anyone ever stepped out in faith and you've, you know that God has spoken to you about something, maybe you've read it in the Word, maybe you've, you've uh, opened your Bible, or maybe you've uh, got an impression or a voice or something has popped up that's very, that you know is the Holy Spirit speaking to you about the, the, your circumstances. Whoever, has anyone ever done that and you've stepped out and as you step out you get this sinking feeling? Have you ever had this sinking feeling? Maybe that wasn't God. Maybe that was pizza. Maybe instead of believing God, I just got swept up in the emotion, right? Maybe for instead of being a realist or a pragmatist, I just became an optimist in a way that's unhealthy and maybe I just stepped out in a way that's, that's not good for me. And you've got this sinking feeling. And when you have this sinking feeling, you can get filled with anxiety and you start to question, well, pretty much everything, right? Who's been in a zone like that? That God has given you a word, you've stepped out, you're like Peter, you've stepped out and you're like, yes, this is the word. And then you start to sink. And what do you question? You question God. Is God real? Did God speak to me? You question yourself. Am I a person that can hear from God? Am I a person who is good enough? Like I know that person that I sit next to is at church. I know they're good enough. I've heard their stories, but what about me? And you question and things begin to sink and you start to melt on the inside and you're questioning yourself, are you good enough? You're questioning God. You're questioning, did you hear right? You're questioning, did you have a, make a mistake? 
And then your mind starts to run and then you, does anyone else do this? Then you like catastrophize, go to like worst case scenario. I'm going to hell. I'm going to die. Google said it. I googled the symptoms of sinking instead of stepping in the world in faith, and Google told me that I'm going to die and go to hell. Not true, but we can catastrophize, and we start to sink. And this is what happened. And I want to tell you a couple of reasons why that we get this sinking feeling. One of the reasons that we do is that as we start, and this is what happened to Peter, as he started to walk, his view didn't change. Have you thought about this? The the primary reason that he started to sink was when he looked out the window, left and right, front and back, his view didn't change. Have you ever thought about that? Have you ever seen that perspective that one of the things that causes us to sink, one of the things that causes us to question is that when we start to walk out, circumstances do not change. Our view doesn't change. What we are observing in our life, even though at that moment we are confident in what God has spoken to us, we are confident that we've heard Jesus in that moment, that initial moment, We're confident that aligns with the Bible, the Word of God. But when we start to move, it seems like even though we haven't thought about it, our expectation is that our view will change straight away. Now, what would happen if we jumped in our car and drove to the sunny coast? Has anyone got a favorite beach on the sunny coast? Maybe Caloundra, maybe Malulaba. I'd say probably for me, Malulaba. Yeah. We've got some other ones there. Noosa, if you want to drive that little bit extra. It's like if you jump in your car and drive to the beach and you get 10 minutes up the road or 5 minutes or 45 minutes or even probably an hour and you're like, where's the beach? This is what we do. Now, we know because of the journey that if I jump in my car, it's probably going to take me approximately one hour and 10 minutes to actually see a beach, even though I'm on the journey to the beach. Does that make sense? And this is what happens in our journey of faith. And this is what would happen. Now, if, if you said, if I, if I said, okay, my friend Sean's here. Sean said to me, Andrew, I thought you were going to the beach yesterday. You said you were going to the beach yesterday. How was it? And you said, Sean, I... I I say to Sean, I tried. I got in my car, but I got as far as Westfield's Chermside and I didn't see any water. And I got discouraged and I decided that there is no beach, (laughs) that the beach is not real. It's an illusion and it was a trick, right? You would say that that's, for anyone who knows about where our geography you would be like, you're crazy, Andrew. Like, you've just got to hold on. But that's what we do when we're taking these steps of faith, and this is what stops us taking these steps of faith, is we make the first step and we're like, I expect to see the beach. 
And in fact, I think that I'm okay to drive for an hour as long as I can see the beach for an hour. It doesn't make sense, does it? If we know about what it means to take a journey. Now, what happens in this moment as we step out and the view doesn't change? We question God, we question ourselves, we question the word that we received, and and what is our usual response is this. It's sitting. And we say to ourselves, because the view hasn't changed, we say, well, the life of faith is not for me. It, it might be for other people, but you know what? I'm just, I'm going to go, th- I'm just going to have a normal life. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to lower my expectations. You know, I, th- I thought I could find peace. I thought I could be free from addiction. I thought I could uh, create something, create a new family. I thought I could create a business that God gave me a business idea. I thought that I could live differently than what my parents lived. I thought I could live in wholeness. I thought I could sleep at night, but I've realized that I can't. And so I'm just going to sit down like a good soldier and I'm just going to go across the lake like everybody else. And the message today is just because you are sinking Because your view doesn't change, doesn't mean that God's word is not true. We're going to unpack this. But I want to encourage any of you who have been like, well, my view hasn't changed and you've taken a seat and you've ruled out the possibility of you ever making spiritual progress or you've said that some things in your life are just too big and too hard for God. I want to say that is a lie and we're going to lead us into a place of breakthrough tonight. Here's what I want to say. In this story, God is not angry. Sorry, Jesus is not angry, but he's encouraging. He says this, verse 31, he reached out his hand and caught him, meaning he was close. But he says, you have little faith. Why did you doubt? And here's how I read this. Why didn't you finish what you started? And this is a word to many of you who are in the midst of something Why didn't you finish what you started? Because Jesus is like, I'm here. You stepped out of my word. Why have you stopped? And so for Peter, what happens is he steps. He comes down from the boat. He stops and he sinks. And Jesus is like, why? Like He's like, I know you. I was here. I was present. Why didn't you finish what you started? Now, here's my question to you. What has God started in you that he wants to finish? Come on, make this real in this moment. This is a supernatural moment. This is a sacred moment because on the other side of it is the breakthrough that you've been longing for. Maybe not today. What is it that you have started that God wants to finish in your life. And maybe you've gone back to the boat and you've sat and you're like, no, it's not me. 
been too disappointed, been too hurt. I followed God, it didn't work out for me. I made that step of faith. Maybe you started doing something. Maybe you started being financially generous and you're like, my bank details haven't changed. Maybe you want to see a change in your home, in the atmosphere of your home, the spiritual atmosphere of your home. And you're like, no, instead of that, I'm, I'm getting worse conflict. So maybe I'll just go back to the boat. And Jesus is saying, why don't you finish what you started? This is a word for us today. He's not angry, but he's encouraging. So I've got two messages for us. The first is this. We need bold faith to finish what God has started in us. We need bold faith faith to finish it. Let me give you some scripture. Hebrews 10, 35. So do not throw away your confidence. It will be richly rewarded. The book of Hebrews is called by many the book of faith. And so what the picture that we see here is that Peter has surrendered his faith in this moment. He has thrown away. He has diminished. Why? Because his view hasn't changed. Philippians 1.6 And I want to encourage you that if this is you, if you're in the middle of a miracle, these are scriptures that you should memorize and scriptures that you should pray. How would I pray a scripture like this? God, I am holding on to you. I am not throwing away my confidence. I am not giving away my confidence. The picture that we get here is that confidence is not taken. Confidence is given. Confidence is surrendered. God, I I refuse to give up. I refuse to give away my confidence. If I've given it away, I'm taking it back right now. Because you can do that. If I've started sinking, I'm going to lift my eyes. If I've said that it could never happen to me, I'm going to change my mind. And Jesus is like, you can do that. And so it's like, oh, no, like, well, I messed up. I had my chance. She's like, oh, you got another one. Hold on to that word that God has given you. Philippians 1.6, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. The other thing that we can declare is, God, you started it. You've got to help me finish it. Because it was the word of Jesus. Peter wasn't walking. He didn't evolve all right, to be a water-walking person. He had a supernatural experience with Jesus So Jesus was in the beginning, he was in the middle, and he wants to be in the end. And so sometimes because we look out the window and there is conflict and there is drama and there is destruction and there is the opposite of what we want to see, we give up and God's saying, don't. I got you. Why don't you finish what you started? The second thing that God wants to say, and my final point, and I'm going to have uh, Twinkie and Ethan come back, is this. This is really important. This is really important. This is very un- un- 
unrated. The goal of bold faith is walking on the water, not a calm lake. Let me say that again. The goal of bold faith is walking on the water, not a calm lake. Do you understand the significance of that? But it's harder. You know what I'm saying? That what Jesus wants to produce in us is the ability to walk through life supernaturally in partnership with God at His Word, in obedience to His Word, no matter what is going on. Do you see how that's so significant? That sometimes, you know, we everyone would say, oh, well, you know, yeah, we get it. But really, like when you're in the midst of it, when you're in the waves, the goal of the story is not that there was a calm lake. The goal of the story is that we can walk like Jesus through this earth. That is so profound that you and I can walk on water, that you and I can navigate this world with peace, with confidence, with joy, with hope, no matter what is going on. And I, wanna, I want every one of us to know that God has called us to a life of faith and that what He wants us to do is to make our step of faith a walk of faith and our walk of faith a life of faith. You know, the Bible says the righteous will live by faith, meaning every single thing that I do in every waking minute, I am relying on God. I'm relying on the presence of God. When I wake up in the morning, I'm like, hey, God, good morning. What? I give my heart to you. What do you want me to do today? What do you want me to say today? When I go into a work situation, when I go into an exam situation, I know that I'm moving through life under the authority of Jesus, under the inspiration of Jesus. It, it looks very normal on the outside, but inside there is a peace, there is a confidence, there is a life, and there is a wholeness. You know, at the uh, very beginning when we started this church and uh, my wife and I, we took a, a step of bold faith. And so we started this church in a, in a lounge room and uh, we didn't have any team or any financial support. And I took that step of faith and then I was waiting for the boat. I was waiting for a boat to come and pick me up. And God says, no, like, don't wait. I, I want you to take another step. And circumstances didn't change straight away. And he said, I want you to take another step. And I want to say that the most precious thing to me personally in this life is that God is teaching me not just to visit faith when I want something or I want a miracle, but actually to inhabit the faith realm where I can't rely on my own bank balance, on my own abilities, on my own skills, 
but I'm in reliance on being obedient day after day, step after step, and making my step of faith a walk of faith and a walk of faith a life of faith. Would you stand to your feet? You know, the apostles asked Jesus. Jesus' disciples said, teach us, give us more faith. And do you know what he said? He said, use what you've got. You've got enough. And I want to encourage each and every person here that you have enough faith to do what God has called you to do. We're going to take a couple of minutes. I want to pray for some people in a minute. But right now I'm going to give an invitation to all of you just to allow the voice of the Spirit to speak to you. And He wants to remind you in this moment about what He started. So here's my question to you, for you to ask if you're bold enough, if you're willing enough to ask the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, what did you start in me that you want to finish? And for some of you, your minds and your spirits could be just like rushing with all these dreams all these promises. Holy Spirit, what did you start in people's lives that you want to finish in this moment? Holy Spirit, thank you for your presence. Thank you for your presence. Thank you for your spirit. Come on, let him speak to you. Take a moment. Don't rush through this. Don't rush through this. Some of you have got so weary, so beaten down that you're like, I can't even dream anymore. I can't even think what that original word was. And Jesus is saying, why don't you finish what you started because you can because you can thank you God thank you God here's what God wants to say to many of you you're in the middle of a miracle and you don't even know it you are like halfway to a miracle. And it's like when something's loading on your phone or on your computer and you just, you're getting frustrated and you're like, this is not working. God's saying, it is working. I'm just working in you. I'm teaching you how to walk a life of faith. And so for some of you, you know, and even now the Holy Spirit's saying, you're in the middle of a miracle. You're in the middle. I want you to be encouraged that God is loading that God is doing something, that God is refreshing. Don't give up. Don't give up. Just because the view hasn't changed, don't give up right now. The final thing that I want to do is I just want to open uh, the, the altar here. And I'm gonna, I want to pray for some people personally because there is an impartation of faith through the laying of hands. And if you need a breakthrough in a certain situation, 
I'm not going to ask you what it is. Maybe it could be um, in your job situation. Maybe it could be uh, finances. Maybe you just are hungering and thirsting after God. Maybe it's an addiction. Whatever it is, hungry people that want to see breakthrough will position themselves to receive God. And so if that's you, I'm going to open the altar right now. Why don't you come up the front right now? I want to pray for you. Thank you for listening. You can find out more about City Lights Church at www.citylights.community.